Business owner mindset. Uh, I believe that when you come on board with the Fitz Group, uh, I believe that uh, you maybe you've owned a business in the past, and maybe you're already in the insurance business. But I believe what you've signed on for here is we're going to help you build a business. Uh, and maybe the business is a business of one. Maybe the business is you, and and uh, you're personally producing. You're meeting with clients. You're making sales, and and that's the business that we're helping you establish. Or maybe the business we're helping you establish is a combination of you know making sales and also teaching other people how to do that. Or or maybe your business is more along the lines of what mine has become, which is I make money by helping others make money. But whatever that business is, it does require a certain mindset. A couple of years ago, Heather and I did a spring conference here in Dallas, uh, and we called it In Our Experience because we shared that day um, lessons that we've learned from our experience. And this is uh, a, a, a teaching that comes from uh, that dialogue that Heather and I had of, you know, what do we want people to know uh, from our experience? And one of those things is the business owner mindset. Um, we, we really, I really truly believe that without that mindset shift, um, you're not going to realize your full potential as a business owner. Uh, if you are a business owner, but you have an em employee mentality, see, I think that you can be an employee still with an ownership mentality, but if you have the employee mentality where you can't do unless somebody tells you that's going to hinder you from reaching where you could ultimately get to. Uh, and so I want to share with you some thoughts on business owner mindset. There are three key elements, in our opinion, uh, to a business owner mindset. There's a lot of pieces to it, uh, to business ownership. And I'm not what I'm not going to talk about is filing taxes or setting up your corporate. I'm talking about the mindset here uh, and, and what it takes to be that business owner. Three key elements. Number one, team building. It's a, it's a key element, and, and one I'm going to focus on first for sure. Number two is momentum. I had to look at that and make sure I spelled it right. Number three <laughs> is investing. So three key elements to uh, business owner mindset, team building, momentum, and investing. We're going to start off talking about team building. If you want a little reference uh, here, another uh tool. If you're watching this recording live right now, you're watching recording. if you're watching the presentation, the broadcast live, uh, you can take a screenshot of this screen, uh, but uh, I, I throw up there a link. It's kind of a, a long link, but a link to a video that I've done, a training I've done called Building a Team, and it supplements this talk of, of team building. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube later, you know, maybe uh, it's in the description. The link is in the description. You just click on it. If you're watching on our website later, if you're listening to the podcast later, the link is in the description you can go to and watch that. That's like a 30-minute training, I believe. Yeah, there it is, 32 minutes and four seconds about building a team, and it does supplement what I'm talking about today because uh, I'm not covering everything that's in that video, but I'm also covering a couple things that aren't in the video. So step one in the team building element. The first step to developing a team of your own is being a contributing member of someone else's team. Your team will multiply your negatives and divide your positives. Now, Fitz, I don't get this. I just want to be a personal producer. I don't understand why, why I need to, do it to build a team. Well, you're thinking about a team as other agents. 
the team may be you know, your, your spouse and your children. The team may be a staff that you start building to support your efforts in, in selling insurance. Uh, there's, there's lots of definitions of what a team could be, but the first step in developing that team is to be a contributing member of someone else's team. And your team will multiply your negatives and divide your positives. Here's a visual of that. Let's just say this is you, and this is how you treat the person that's helping you. Uh, and in our business, sometimes you'll hear that called upline or whatever, but uh, I, you know, I call it more like a mentorship. I don't, not necessarily the upline word seems, I don't know, it's odd, but mentor, there's, there's mentors and how I treat my mentors is ultimately how I'm going to be treated. Here's a visual of that because in, in, in my world, you know, maybe I, you know, I have mentors that, that mentor me and uh, whether they know it or not, they're mentoring me and being a father and being a husband. Well, I, now I've got my wife and I've got three kids and I've got a dog and I've got a father-in-law that's around a lot. So how I treat my mentor is how they are going to treat me. One of the things I, I, I am really um, intentional about is I, I, I love treating my, my father-in-law's around a lot. And I say that like it's a negative thing. It's not. It's a, I'm fired up that my father-in-law is around a lot. And I am setting the example for my kids of how to treat their senior, right? So I am treating my father-in-law with the respect, not that he deserves, but that he's earned from me. Like he's earned my respect and he deserves it, but he, he's, he's earned it and I'm treating him like that. And so now my kids are watching that. I'm, I'm showing, um, I'm showing my, my kids how I treat their mother. And so in turn, my sons are going to know how to treat their wife. And, and my daughter is going to know how she should be treated by her husband. Like I'm setting that example. So how I treat that person up there is how all these, see how it multiplies? You are just one to your mentor, but you hired six. And that's coming back to you multiplied. So you really have to ask yourself, Am I positively contributing to that person's team? Because that's how these people are going to see it. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I just was raised that, you know, um, a woman walks in a room, you should stand up. And, and I was just raised that you should hold the door for people. And, and, and that kind of stuff, that's how I was raised. And whether I'm consciously teaching my kids that or not, they're seeing it. And so much more in life is caught than taught. So how you talk about mentors, how you uh, show up for mentors, how you, all that sort of stuff, it's going to come back to you heaped up, right? So that's step one. So now the question is, which meeting are you committed to every week? The question I have to get you to think about the team building, as you're building your team, what meeting are you committed to every week? I'm recording this during a Tuesday morning sales meeting. This is a meeting we've had going on for 21 years. Are you committed to this as a weekly meeting for you? Are, are you part of your team call? Is there a team that you're a part of? Are you part of their weekly call? Well, Fitz, I, don't, I didn't get into business just to be part of calls. Well, who did? We all got into business to make money. And, and listen, if you're on 15 calls a week, I think that's too much. I think if you're spending all your time learning, you're not spending any time earning. <laughs> hey, that just worked out as a bumper sticker right there. And, and I didn't even mean for it to. But you can't be a professional student and make a fortune. I see those guys on Jeopardy all the time, and that's where they really succeed is on Jeopardy. But otherwise, professional students don't make a lot. They, they spend money on cheap pizza and, and, and really bad beer. So which meeting are you committed to every week? If you're not committed to uh, attending a meeting, for example, if you're not committed to getting around 
other people who are seeing success in this business and in life, how can you expect the people that you're leading to do it? You can't. So step one of, of team building is develop a team of your own. It can be a contributing member of somebody else's team. Step two, create a system. Your people must know where to find you. Create a system. Well, Fitz, I don't, I, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. No, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. But you do, as a business owner, need to create a systematic process that is predictable. It's a joke in our, our family. It's not a joke. My wife is always saying to me, you're so predictable. And I always come back with, isn't that nice that I don't have some second family in Utah that I'm going to every other week? Like, isn't it nice that you can predict when I leave the office, I'm coming home? And, and, isn't, and she's like, of course it is. But that is, that is my system. They can set their watch by what I'm doing. They know where to find me. If you're leading people and they don't know where to find their leader, that's a problem. Um, if they can't bank on you, being where you said you're going to be that's part of a system and if they can't bank on you being there they can't follow you it's really hard to build a team if you don't have anybody following i remember hearing a speaker one time saying uh where the people go i'm their leader <laughs> right like that you're not really a leader if you're asking where your people went do they know where you are so focus on the process track results tweak process until desired results Create a system. When are you making your dials? When are you running your appointments? I was talking to uh, an agent the other day, and uh, he was like, he was saying, you know what? I'm, I, he's got a couple of agents and starting to kind of get things off the ground. He made the comment to me that, you know, I'm, I can't make my dials because my agents are running appointments and calling me while I'm making dials. I said, well, you need to set up a system, a process. They know you're doing dials right then. You can't answer the phone. Or perhaps as a team, as a team, you guys make dials on the same days and run appointments on the same days. There's going to be some outliers and some exceptions to that, but maybe the system for your team is we'd make dials on Tuesdays. There's no magic day. Just pick one and then run appointments the next two days. Or, or maybe you're making dials on Monday and we run appointments Tuesday, Wednesday, and, and, then, and then you make dials again on Thursday, run appointments Friday, Saturday. Maybe your team picks one of those days. They're making dials with you, right? So that's, that's something to set up. An effective system builds trust. If I can't predict where somebody's going to be, it's harder for me to trust them. Competence. Listen, when, when I'm working and people watch me working, like it, they, they, they gain confidence in my competence, no matter how good I am at this. When, when I was first getting started, I loved having agents watching me make dials because what I knew was I was better than them. Well, that's kind of arrogant. No, the numbers showed I was better than them. Maybe they were more talented, but I was putting numbers on the board. I was better. I was great with them listening to me make dials because I was making dials, and that increased their belief in my competence, that I knew what I was doing. Connection, an effective system. This is John Maxwell's term right here, connection. An effective system builds connection. When your team can predict where you're going to be, when your team can predict that you're going to be making dials on Monday and running appointments on Tuesday and Wednesday, they feel connected to that. Like they, they, they know when your, when your work hours are, and when you open and when you close. They know that and they feel connected to that. And then finally, character. An effective system builds character. You do what you say you're going to do. Your words and your actions line up. Hey, you should go to the meeting, but then you're not there? What does that say to your team? How can they trust your character if you lie about something as stupid as a meeting? Something is insignificant. They can't trust you on the big things if they can't trust you on the small things. And that really calls into question your character. What is your system for your team? 
do they know? Like, I, I think when I think of office hours, I think back to college and you had these professors that had office hours. Here's what I'm going to be in my office. I'll be in my office Tuesday, Thursday from one to three. You're welcome to drop by. And I love when professors posted that because I knew where I could find them. That was a beautiful thing. And, and somehow, I guess maybe subconsciously, subliminally, that, that kind of helped lead me into establish, establishing predictable hours too. Step three, every meeting should cast vision. People want to belong to something greater than themselves. Every meeting should cast vision. I, I personally don't know how great I am at casting vision, but what I am trying to do every time I'm talking to a one-on-one conversation with somebody or if I'm doing a, a, a meeting with thousands of people in the room, what I'm trying to, be, to help them believe and, and, and grab onto is whatever it is you see that I've been successful at, you can do it too. I just want people to know that. I want them to know that, that listen, what we did was we made some dials. What we did was we ran some ads. What we did was we talked to some people. And, and we did it for a long time, and it accumulated into where we are today. That's the kind of vision you can cast for people. But listen, if you're not doing anything, it's really hard to cast vision because it's hard for them to see what's in it for them. Vision draws on history. Vision draws on an inner voice. Vision draws on future goals. Vision meets a need. What is your vision for your team? Over the years, I've really believed fully that my team doesn't really care where I want to go. <laughs> that if I care about where they want to go, and help them get where they want to go, I'll ultimately get to where I want to go. If I am not where I want to be, it's just because I haven't helped enough people get to where they want to be. That's a, a, a genuine belief I've had for years. And then a couple of years ago, I was challenged by some of you guys on the team saying, hey, if we don't know where you're trying to go, we can't help you get there. And a big part of me was incredibly humbled by that comment because they like me. They really like me. They want to help me. But even bigger than that was this is how they're serving me. They're setting an example for how their team is going to end up serving them. And it just keeps on going. So it's important to help people get where they want to go. But if your team doesn't know where you're going, it makes it really hard to follow. Step four, develop a synergetic team with three components. Number one, core. So if you think about this uh, synergetic team, it is, uh, think about three concentric circles and a circle inside of a circle. Inside the smallest circle is the core, and then there's another circle, another circle. The core uh, are the success stories. The core are going to be the, really the ones that get a, a, a bulk of the praise. They're the ones seeing the huge results. Um, they, they are ones that you can trust their decision-making uh, abilities. And uh, frankly, it, they're probably people that you're going to when you're trying to make decisions for, for the team uh, that you're going to bounce stuff off of, that you're going to ask for their opinions. Uh, that's, that's your core. Uh, you're, you're also the core are the empowered ones. The, the core, you know, around here, we don't talk about division. We talk about multiplication. And our business model, our game plan is to help people establish their own self-sufficient, independent business that doesn't need our help on the day-to-day. And so ultimately, the idea and what we're trying to do is we're trying to help people launch 
into their own business. And we're, we got right now, we're on the brink of doing this SummerSlam that we're going to have going on. And, and listen, my vision is that next year, one of the agencies participating in SummerSlam this year are going to have their own SummerSlam. We want to you want to empower the core. They're the ones that continue to prove that they can be trusted and that they know what they're doing. And so there it makes it so much easier to empower them to go do it. The committed. So inner circle is core. The next circle are the committed. The committed have responsibility. Um, you know, we're in a, a day and age now where we don't necessarily do a lot of local meetings, but, but the, the, the committed are the people who will, you know, get there early and make sure the coffee's right and the water's right, the chairs are set up right, the air conditioning's just right, the lighting, microphones, all that sort of stuff. They're, those are the ones that are going to do that kind of thing. Uh, the committed attend all meetings. I mean, the committed are the ones that are like, dude, I'm not ever going to miss a Tuesday meeting or my team call that my, my manager does. I'm never missing that. That big conference you guys have going on, I'm not missing that thing. I'll be there. You can bank on me. That's the committed. And they consistently produce. They're not necessarily the huge producers up here, but the committed are the ones that you can bank on every month. They're going to go out there and write their production. They're going to write their five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month on the committed side. And it's they're just going to be consistent. You just you can know you can count on them. Are the committed better than the core? No. The, the core is just as important as the committed. The committed is just as important as the core. You need them all. In order to develop a synergetic team, you need those two, those two components. And you need this third one as well, the crowd. The crowd um, are observers. The crowd are friends. The crowd uh, energy builders. Uh, we talk a lot about, I mean, it's become a legend around here about the guy that used to be here. Uh, and, and when he came on board, he had just retired from corporate America for 40 years. And he loved coming here and eating donuts and drinking coffee and just being around. I found out about a year ago. I thought he had passed away. I found out about a year ago. He's still around, still alive. But, you know, he's just older, <laughs> right, and just doesn't have the energy. But he used to be here every Tuesday morning. And he never produced anything. I mean, occasionally he'd write an app. And, and uh but when people, new people come in, they ask him about us, and he's like, oh, the Fitzgeralds are the greatest. The Fitz group is awesome. This team member and that team member is just the best thing. Hey, did you sign up for SummerSlam yet? You need to go to that conference. It's going to be incredible. It's going to change your life. He was always doing that. But did he produce? No, not, not much. And people would say, I don't want people around who aren't committed. I don't want people around who aren't the core. I go, wait, okay. But are the cheerleaders essential to the football game? Are they a coach? Are they a player? No. But is it nice to have people cheering for the people that are playing? Yes. They're important. They're essential. I can't imagine our business without the crowd. They're watching us right now. And some people came from the crowd and moved to the committed and then became the core. And some people did the reverse. They were core and now they went back out to the crowd and they come back into the core. There's, there's a lot of fluidity in those three circles, a lot of movement that can happen. But listen, the crowd is, is typically the newer people just kind of sitting back watching going, I wonder if this really works. I wonder if this really works. Hey, good job this week, man. I wonder if this works. Hey, you knocked it out of the park. I'm so proud of you. I wonder if this works. They're the ones sitting back there. And listen, they are positive energy builders. They, they are encouraging and they are loving and they are part of our family. They're not necessarily producing, but they are watching to see our results. And they, because they stick around and we didn't blow them out of the water, they could end up being core down the road. They couldn't end up being that success story. They may be the person that says, you know, what? I just hung around for like eight years and finally started, decided to start selling something. And now I'm the number one income earner in the Fitz Group or your team, right? It could be. It could be part of the crowd. Remember, leadership is taken, not given. 
it's not taken like a mutiny. <laughs> that's, that's a mutiny. That's not leadership. But leadership is doing, this is, I remember, uh, I don't take our kids to school every day anymore, but I, I used to take our kids to school every day. And we used to talk about it in a five-minute drive to school that be a leader. What does that mean? Well, it means doing what you're supposed to do without being told to do it when you're supposed to do it. Doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it without being told to do it. That's a leader. And so leadership is taken. A, a, a leader is someone who steps up and starts doing what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it without anybody telling them to do it. They, they see the need and they step up and they fill it. And nobody had to tell them to do it. That's when leadership is taken. And listen, people have asked me, how did you lead this leader? And how did you develop that one? I, I, listen, I think I'm best at finding people. I don't know how great I am necessarily at, at putting in somebody what wasn't there already. Okay? But when the leadership is taken, what I like to do is just step back. I, I, when a leader steps up and starts doing what they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it, without being told to do it, I like getting the heck out of their way. Because they're doing it. They don't, they don't need me to get in their way. Who are your core, your committed, and your crowd? Identify them. Um, I, it's not in this talk, but I do believe in, in drawing out organizationally what your team looks like and what the different roles are of the different teams. In, in doing that, you need to kind of label them core committed and crowd because if you're treating somebody in the crowd like they're part of the core good chance you, you make them quit if you're treating somebody that's in the core like they're part of the crowd good chance you get them to quit and if you're going to build a team it's important that we add faster than we lose <laughs> and one way to help that is stop losing people and, and the way you keep people around, one way, is to make sure you're treating them appropriately to who they are and what they need from you. Does that make sense? That's step one, key element one, team building. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.